Thank you, James. Hey, great to see you all. If you're at home, you're missing the fact that we're the fullest we've been for ages. So it's great. Just look around at these beautiful people. And uh, I know there are one or two here for the very first time. So if you're here joining us uh, for the first time, you're so welcome. My name's James. Great to have you here. I am going to begin a three-week series today on prophecy. And I'll tell you what my goal today is, is to get billows, and I'm looking at a fiery congregation and all that God is doing, and we are going to just blow air on this and fan into flame the gifts which are latent and active within us, or maybe waiting to be activated within us, that we would really move on and kick on in the gift of prophecy. So what I'm going to do this morning is give you an overview Next week, I'm going to look at the role that prophecy plays in a church and the character that is required to be the right wineskin for us to handle prophecy well. And then thirdly, in three weeks' time, I'm going to look at activating this, how we discern from God really powerfully and how we mature the gift. And the reason I'm looking at prophecy right now is for a few different reasons. Uh, I guess because... My passion is that we would all be equipped, as we've just heard in this reading this morning, that we would all be equipped by the Spirit of God to be a prophetic people, prophetic individuals, and that we would all prophesy. Secondly, we've just lived through the most confusing period in uh, our recent modern history, uh, certainly in the last 60 years or so. And... What I want is for us to catch again the word that God is saying to us as individuals and the word that he's speaking to us as a church. Thirdly, I really have a passion for us to grow into being a powerful, mature, on-fire, prophetic church for all of the gifting that God has placed within us and his vision that he's called us to, we need to be able to lift our gaze so that we can see what he's doing beyond what appears in the world that we might then join in, which to begin with may seem slightly bizarre and odd, but actually is beginning to act and step into here on earth all that God is doing in the heavenly realm. Is that all right? <laughs> also, because I think the prophetic gift is probably one that sometimes churches can struggle with the most, and maybe we have struggled with. You know, so we're going to get into how do we hear, also how do we receive a prophetic word, what do we do with that stuff which hasn't been fulfilled, how do we live in the tension between that which God we firmly believe has said, and yet which is waiting to be realized. Um, just we were singing that song this morning, right at the beginning, here for you. And when your word moves in power, what is dead comes to life. I just want to say that right at the start now. Just whatever is in our hearts that may have just fallen by the wayside or even just been deadened, I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit will just breathe new life into that this morning and over us now. 
So question for you at the top of the series is what, what do you want to grow in in the area of prophecy? What would maturing, what would going further look like for each one of us? Next week we're going to look at that as a church, but you know, from where all of us are, we might be here this morning having no experience with the gift of prophecy, or we might be fairly in the flow. What does kicking on in that look like for you? And a question at the start. Um, I could just do with this. Uh, yeah, is that all right? Thank you. Brilliant. So what is the gift of prophecy? Thank you so much. Thanks, Karen. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so what is the gift of prophecy? And we're going to come to 1 Corinthians 14 in a minute. But here's my definition, which if you're watching at home, you probably can't see at all. <laughs> um, so all the best. <laughs> um, but what I've tried to do is summarize what is prophecy? And I'm going to bring to you over the next three weeks that prophecy is the revelation. Revelation is a nice Christian word, but the revealing. Imagine when we go to the theater and suddenly the curtain pulls back and we see what's behind and what's to come uh, for us if we've gone to see a production or something. The revealing of God's now word on the present or the future for the church. The revelation of God's now word. So prophecy builds on scripture and it builds on the person of Jesus Christ. But um, uh, it's a bit like um, if, you, if you've got married. You get married and then your goal is how do I love my wife really well? Um, you've got to work out in different seasons how that works. So if you've had loads of children then having endless days just wandering through the forest glades and, you know, all of that um, are just a dim and distant memory. So the now word is I have to snatch a pocket of time when the kids are in bed and we've done all the chores and the dishwasher's full and all of that where I can remember that we love each other. So that's, you know, you've got to work it out now. And it's the same. We've been given the gift of all that God is revealed to us in Christ and brought to us by the scriptures, but what are we supposed to do with it? How do we move into this now? So it's God's now word, either on the present or the future, for the church. And we heard that in our reading, didn't we? That the prophetic gift is given for the building up of the church. And we'll, we'll get into that in a few moments. Why is the prophetic so important? Why is the prophetic so important? You know, if we were to say, what is the most important gift that God could give us? You know, we might list healing, you know, sorting people's bodies out, or maybe sorting their emotions out, you know, or reconciliation in the world that we're living in. That would be an incredible gift for God to give to us. And yet Paul says here, eagerly desire strive in my Bible for spiritual gifts and especially that you may prophesy. Especially that you may prophesy. So why is this gift so important? Well, the first reason, when we prophesy, we are joining in with the way that God creates life in the world. In the beginning, when God made the worlds, how did he do it? 
He spoke the world into being. He didn't do it with his finger. He didn't do it, he didn't just go, woo, and suddenly the world was made. He spoke through the person of Jesus, the living word, and the spirit took the word and created life. The book of James says that life and death is in the power of the... So you remember that old English fable? Sticks and stones will never... But were... No, it's the other way around, is it? Or, or is it? What is it? Sticks and stones may... But words will... Yeah. That is the opposite of what the Bible teaches us and what we know, isn't it? Who's heard a prophetic word this year where it says, the church needs to sort itself out. The church is going down the tube. The church is full of this. And what happens? The church withers away, doesn't it? But who says, oh my goodness, the night may be dark, but the light of Christ has been lit in the church of Jesus Christ, and he is sending us more than ever to change a nation through the light of Jesus radiating through his people. What happens? Number one, I'm not shouting at you. And number two, what's happening? It's like you begin to come up because there's life in the spoken word. So that's the first thing. Um, Louise and I, um, ages ago, had the privilege of praying for a couple who were struggling to conceive. And medically, they'd found out that the husband... um, had pretty much zero chance of impregnating anybody. <laughs> and, and we didn't quite know the wife. Sorry, that was a, a less sensitive way of putting that than it should have been. But anyway, that medically that had been discovered. So we had the privilege of praying for them. Ignore how I just put that across. Um, anyway, so we're praying for them. And suddenly, um, one of us just had the sense of, they need to know that they've not done anything wrong. And so we just simply prayed that and said, do you, know how, do you know when Jesus laid down his life, that covered all of our muck, all of our sin, all of our brokenness. And you need to know now, because you are in Jesus, that you have not done anything wrong. And it was literally, as we spoke that, you could see that the Holy Spirit was taking that now word of God and doing something, and a month later, they found out they were pregnant. Isn't that really cool? So there's something in it, it expresses God's creative life. Number two, prophecy enables us to see better. You know, can you imagine how the church received the book of Revelation when it came to John? (laughs) You know, It is kicking off. The Roman Empire is just crucifying and destroying Christians here, there, and everywhere. And then suddenly this revelation that God wins lands on the church. And it enables us to just see better what is God's great plan and how that is being worked out in the world. And thirdly, it's one of the ways that God leads us in our life. You know, we are born again to live a life of submission and following God's leadership, hearing his voice and submitting our lives to him. You know, when, when God's plan was being released to reach the Gentile world, Acts chapter 13, they're having a prayer meeting, there's teachers there and there's prophets, and what does the Holy Spirit say? 
set aside for me Paul and Barnabas because they've got a special mission. So they pray, they hear God, he sends them off and the face of the Mediterranean world changes. It's God's way of leading us. So why is prophecy, everyone okay? Is this okay? <laughs> Just keeping us awake. So why is prophecy underused? Well, how, many, how many awesome, really mature prophetic churches do you know? <laughs> A few, maybe. How many churches do you meet where there's been a catastrophe of prophetic damage? That they just think, oh my goodness, we're never going there again. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 helps us uh, remember that um, we may get a few things wrong, but hey, um, be careful with a few things. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 16, um, let's pick it up there. Well, verse 15, see that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Number 16, here's a, here's a great word. Rejoice always. Not when we're feeling good. Not when we're on fire. Rejoice always. Should we just give God an a, applause right now? Should we just rejoice at his goodness? Verse 17, pray without ceasing. Verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. If you can't see where to go and we're in confusion, there are your verses. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's how we live. That's our bottom line. That's our modus operandi. Verse 19, do not quench the spirit. Verse 20, do not despise the words of prophets. Let's not be cynical. Let's not let modern rational thinking cause us ever to be cynical. Do not despise. We're going to get some stuff wrong. We're going to scattergun a few you know, weird stuff from time to time. But let's not despise the gift and despise hearing God and seeking to become a prophetic people. But also let's test everything, holding fast to what is good and definitely abstaining from every form of evil. Uh, on one side of the tightrope is let's not be cynical. On the other side, we find in 1 John chapter 4, we find the spirit of Antichrist has already been released in the world. So don't trawl any crazy conspiracy websites saying we're in the uh, Armageddon's about to be here and Antichrist is about to come. He's already here, according to John. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. We have some clues as to how we test prophecy and, and weigh it up. Uh, by this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, 
of which you have heard that is coming and is now already in the world. Well, you, you won't tend to hear many false prophets say, just to let you know, the incarnation didn't really happen. I think what that is pointing to, if Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, there's two things there. Number one, we're not waiting for something more. And sometimes we can um, hear prophetic stuff, which is like, this, it, it causes us to strive or feel like there's something more to come. 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 puts it like this. We have been given all we need for life and godliness. Two, as he goes on to say, participate in the divine nature. So if we're waiting for something more, then that's probably got a tinge of uh, Gnosticism, which is what John is combating in this passage. But secondly, he's become like us in order to win us. So anything that undermines that is to be chucked out. So on the other side of the type, one side is cynicism, on the other side is maybe immaturity or even deception. And we're going to look a bit about how we discern and how we weigh and how we become mature as we go on. But um, I think about prophecy like the Bible. We've got to get good at not only reading it, but also understanding it. Because I could pick out a random verse that tells me to throw my babies against the rocks. Now, is that, is that right? I don't know. It says in the Bible, it must be true, eh? No, that's, that's a poetic lament that we're reading in that particular context in one of the Psalms. So I need to get skilled and mature in handling this thing so that I can harness this machine gun to target the lies of the enemy and not <laughs> cause mayhem. Does this make sense? And it's the same with the prophetic. He's just calling us to grow and to mature in this stuff. So where do I start? I start in this passage, 1 Corinthians 14. And what we heard at the top was, follow the way of love. In my translation, it says, pursue love. If you've ever been involved in a pursuit, then think about a car chase in a film where the police are pursuing somebody. It's like we're going pedal to the floor in order to catch our target. Pursue the way of love. We've just had a chapter right before 1 Corinthians 14 where Paul's saying to this on-fire church in Corinth, hey, listen, don't be awesome in the spirit, but forget that actually the goal of this whole thing is love. Pursue love. Pursue love. So can I give you a little framework for this? It's good? So, there's three words for the heavens slash heavenlies slash heaven in the Bible. Okay? We live on this zone. Floor one. Okay? This is the earthly realm. And when God talks in the creation narratives about he made the heavens and the earth. We live on earth 
And the heavens are referring to the galaxies, the planets, the create, you know, every single star, you know, billions of miles away. That's the heavens there, okay? Zone two is the heavenlies. Now, who's the boss in this zone? Not sure. Let's play alpha, okay? There's no wrong answer. Even though there kind of is. <laughs> it's kind of not true. It's just a warm-up thing. <laughs> Who's the prince of the power of the air? Satan. Fantastic. So he got thrown out of zone three, which is heaven, and he gets thrown into the kind of earth slash spiritual heavenlies here, and he's known as the prince of the power of the air. So he and the demons are seeking to fill our thoughts and our world with deception and with lies. So when we're praying for an open heaven, we're praying that this here has a straight open corridor from heaven, zone three, where God is, unfiltered, unopposed, reigning wholly and completely, that his voice, his ways can be manifest here on earth. But this is the foggy bit in between. And this is the point of intercessory prayer, that we clear this stuff aside by asking Father God in heaven to release his angels to kick the whatevers out of the demons here so that there's a straight path here. Does this make sense? So when Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6, take your stand for our battle is not against flesh and blood. We're not trying to kill people in zone 1. Our battle is against the principalities and powers in the heavenly realms. Now, not up here because in heaven God is unopposed and he is reigning fully there is no um, rival where he is but down here is where we take our stand and we put on our armor so that we're not deceived I mean think about the armor our helmet of salvation so we really know that we're saved we're never going to be snatched away whatever the enemy tries to tell us and so this is the the heavenlies and up here, I've, I've spoken to you already, this is where God is. Okay? Pursue the way of love. Okay? Who's heard a word like this? Well, God is, is really just needing to judge the church and just purge, you know, whatever's going on and, and just refine all that's happened. And, you know, the church is... Got way to whatever. Okay? Now there might be something true of that. We may be in a period of transformation and refinement. But what happens here is we begin to sometimes give language to actually what is the voice of the enemy, which is always shrouded in condemnation, in guilt, in shame, and all of those things. What is God saying? He's saying, church, if we have been found wanting, why don't we come up higher? 
Because this is where we reign, as Patrick talked about a week ago. We'd be seated with him in heavenly places. We don't have to come under the stuff of the world or under the gunk here. We're seated in heavenly places. Come up higher so that we can see, so that we can be effective when we're in zone one. This makes sense. Let me put this another way. I was praying for somebody in a different church to ours. And this, this bloke stood in front of me and suddenly just sort of flashed across my mind. Um, this guy's having an affair. It's quite hardcore, isn't it? If we were doing prophetic training, we would say, stay away from like carnage stuff, <laughs> you know, um, and all of that. So it just flashed across my mind, this, this guy's having an affair. So what do I do? Are you having an affair? So I asked the Lord, how, how, do I, how do I deal with that without sounding like this? What are you saying, Father? And I felt the Lord say, tell him he's a man of purity. So I began to say, do you know, I feel like God's saying, you are a pure man. God has, God has given you a pure heart. God has called you to live a life of real purity. And I just began to just pray that over him. He began to cry, and then he went away. About a month later, he contacted me and fessed up to having an affair. Now, I could have said, you are an absolute scumbag. <laughs> Which I felt. <laughs> you're, you're full of sin, and God is smiting you right now and sometimes when we're pastoring it is right to speak the truth in love but just in the prophetic I felt like God was saying I just how do I deal with this God said call out purity and he said when you said that the reason I cried is because I was living a double life and I need to sort it out and that worked away in him by the Spirit of God, burning a hole in his heart until he was able to come and fess that up. Does this make sense? Pursue the way of love. Now, we can feel stuff strongly here, but often that's just manifesting off of us. I mean, let's take this another way. Who has heard a billion different prophetic words in the global church over the last year. They've all been different, haven't they? And what have we done? We've reflected exactly what's going on in zone one, which is where the world has become more polarized and divided. We've reflected exactly what the enemy wants in zone two, which is to divide us and to, and to just rip us apart. I haven't heard any prophetic voice saying, church, grab each other by the hand and let's walk together in unity and love. That would have been the prophetic word for 2020, wouldn't it? So maybe God is saying, let's come up higher so we can hear what Father's saying and speaking so that we can, you know, let's put this in the context of, of Jesus. I love how Peter's called a rock, even though he's the most cowardly betrayer going. You are the rock on which I'm going to build my church. 
Anyway, I probably haven't got time to unpack that. Is this helpful? You know, if we're feeling something coming into our hearts, which is like fear, condemnation, uncleanness, all of that stuff, this is in zone two, and it's a signpost to come up higher into zone three. Doesn't mean there's not, I was going to say, rubbish to deal with. (laughs) Doesn't mean there's not gunk to deal with on zone one. But what is Father releasing? What is he saying to us? All right? Okay. Pursue the way of love, especially that you may prophesy. The gift of prophecy, I'm going to look at this next week and the role that it plays in the church. But the gift of prophecy, 101, isn't all play. We could look at Luke chapter 7, where Jesus is um, talking about John the Baptist. Awesome prophet, isn't he? Now, he's like a proper prophet. Like we want to, you know, someone who prophesies some serious, hardcore stuff. You know, um, you brood of vipers, you know, that kind of stuff. It's like if you ever hear people saying that stuff, it feels kind of good, but in a soulish, emotional level, because you feel like you're getting stuff done. But when God is speaking, it kind of is harder to get, or it takes more time, because he really wants our hearts, and he wants to change us. Anyway, John is like fully ripping in Old Testament prophet style. You know, you brood of vipers, you snakes, he says to the Pharisees. You know, we can feel this is some proper stuff here. And what does Jesus say to him, Luke chapter 7, or of him? He is the last of the prophets. And the least in the kingdom is what than John the Baptist? Greater than John the Baptist. The least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist. Why? Because when you're born again and you become a resident in the kingdom, we have been given the gift of access. So now all are called to prophesy. Now you may have bumped into a few prophetic people around the church, but the goal that God has for each and every one of us is that we may prophesy. Paul says here, I I want you all to speak in tongues, but I would prefer that you all would prophesy. To hear the now word of God in the present or the future for the edification of the church. That we would all prophesy. And we'll talk next week about how that works when we're in a big group. But oh my goodness, wouldn't it be awesome if every single one of us, if there were hundreds of us who were released from church into our, into our work, into our daily lives with a rising confidence that we hear God and we know exactly what to bring. You know, Ever been in a period where there's a tough boss at work and everyone hates him? And everybody's like, so that's going on on earth. The enemy's loving that because everybody's like, 
feeling aggressively grumpy towards the boss. And you have the gift to go, ding, up to, as Paul says, he knew a man who went up to the third heaven to go ding up here and say, how do I change the atmosphere of this place now? Doesn't legitimize or let off the hook the boss who may be being filthy and maybe being terrible, but how do I live out and release life in this context? That we would all prophesy when we come together, calling out who one another is, hearing the now word that God, when we gather in KFC, what's God got for us tonight? What's he saying now? And just in case I don't say it anywhere else in this series, my very first boss, he had quite a prophetic ministry. He said to me, if you want to be prophetic, it doesn't say if you want to be a prophet, if you want to be prophetic, you need to be reading a book of the Bible every single day. Because the Holy Spirit will give us gifts for a little bit to hear his voice, but the Holy Spirit always wants to illuminate the revelation of Jesus through his word, which is the greatest gift. So, Let's be reading and devouring this thing so that we may hear him. We've been given access that we would all hear. What's that access for? Paul says, uh, those who prophesy, verse 3, speak to others for their upbuilding, their encouragement, and their consolation or their comfort. That's the grid, isn't it? We can think, oh man, I really want to like give that person what they really need to hear. <laughs> no one's telling them that they need to sort this out in their life. Well, don't, let's not dress that up in prophetic language. Let's be brave enough to speak the truth in love if we need to. But in the prophetic, our, our baseline grid is that it's for strengthening. You know, I was just saying about the global church, the prophetic word to strengthen the church through COVID. Or for upbuilding. You know, the word there is used for, the same word for building up a house, brick by brick, layer by layer, foundation upon foundation. You know, for us to see what God is saying, to go up in terms of how he is building the house of his presence amongst us all. And for our comfort, to pour in consolation and strength. You know, does this make sense? That's our baseline. Fourthly, to build up the church. We can be prophetic in our evangelism, but this gift is so that we can hear the now word of God, so that we are fully led, guided, and able to be effective as he releases us in all that we're called to be. I'll talk more a bit about this next week. But um, it's not to be inward focused, but so that we can become all God has purposed us to be for the sake of the world. Okay?
So I'm going to finish just with our process now. So you ready for a few steps? And then I'm going to give you some homework for this week. Question number one. Are we eagerly desiring spiritual gifts? Especially prophecy. Yeah, if the enemy's saying, oh, I just never hear God, or I got it wrong before, then should we just flush that out of our minds boop, and just get rid of that? Because this is an all play. So the challenge is, are we eagerly desiring to grow in the prophetic? Welcome to the party if you're not. Secondly, am I on the foundation of Jesus? Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1. In the past, God has spoken to our forefathers at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So am I building on the foundation of Jesus? So that's the, a yardstick for us to measure by. If we're releasing condemnation, guilt, and shame then let's just remember the cross (laughs) where all that condemnation, guilt, and shame was paid for to release us to become all God has purposed us to be. Now, we might need to remember that and go back, but that's where we live, building on the foundation of Christ. Number three, am I in love? You know, so often prophetic people are probably not the most loving people that we've met, are they? Let's be that as a church. Wouldn't it be awesome if as a prophetic people we were the most loving? Pursue the way of love and then eagerly desire spiritual gifts. So am I in a spirit of love right now? Fourthly, which voice am I hearing? Is it his? Okay. Test it out. Test it with a friend. Pray it through. Fifthly, most importantly, what do I do with this now? Is God showing me something just to pray over for a season? And sixthly, sixthly, how can I serve with this word? How can I serve this word? I've just seen adultery come across my mind from this guy in front of me telling that story, not just for you lot. Sort it out if it's you. (laughs) So how can I serve? Okay, what? Lord, help me with this. I feel completely inadequate. How do I deal with this? Help me, Lord. How can I serve with this word? Okay? All right. Amen. Thanks, James. So good. Um, just before we go into worship, we just thought, let's quickly do some of that activation now. Let's make a mark today that actually we're going to flush some of the old stuff and let's take on um, what God's saying to us. So can you all stand, please? Because <laughs> it's good to stand if we're going to be intentional. So let's be inten- let's make let's covenant with each other and let's be intentional about this. I don't know if you're here and Chuck Parry and um, Dave Harvey were here a couple of years ago, but they're really good at flushing stuff away. So if there's, li- is there stuff today that it's uprooted, you thought, oh, I used to think that. 
and you realize it's a lie, or I hear this sometimes, I hear, oh, no, no, I'm not very good at this. Well, that's a lie, because actually, you are. So those lies and those thoughts, let's just take them right now, let's take hold of them, let's just flush them down the toilet, and we'll say, no more, you're gone, goodbye. And that's done with, that's gone. And let's take on the truth that all gifts, all good gifts are from our Heavenly Father. So just put your hands out right now. And maybe this is the first time that you're stepping into, oh gosh, into prophecy. Maybe this is your first time. Or step forward and take it. The gift is here. His angels are here and they're just placing prophecy into your hands right now. And maybe you've been giving prophetic words, but this today is a deeper anointing, deeper activation. So I just speak that over you. There was a picture earlier of um, fire falling on people. So I just take that picture and I just release it right now. Fire falling on each and every one of you. Each and every one of you. He sees you all. Oh, he sees you all. And just put on love. I just put love on you. That you will know the Father's love right now. And that you'll be able to love others as you are loved. To speak fresh revelation of the Father's love over you. feel there's some heart work going on this morning so don't fight it just receive it it's all good and if there's been prophetic words over your life get those words out don't put them aside pick them up it's encouragement there for you they're life-giving Say more, Lord, more, Lord. Thank you what you're doing. You might be feeling heat. You might be feeling your heart flutter. It's all good. It's just the Holy Spirit working in you. So just say, speak to your senses and speak to your spirit. Say, wake up to what the Lord's doing in your heart today. life into being just speak life into the deepest most innermost parts of our hearts 
Thank you that this is a new day, Lord. Thank you for all your releasing in this time. And we just say, let more of you come. More of your ways, more of your heart, more of your love, more of your voice, more of your presence. In the name of Jesus. friend. 
if you just, um, God's ministering to you, you know, you can stay. Um, but we're just going to uh, bring the service to a close just now. So I'm just going to uh, speak a blessing. So Father, we just uh, bless this coming week. We've blessed what James has uh, spoken to us. And that would land in our hearts and be able to take that away. Lord, we just speak uh, peace as we walk out of this place today. Amen. So guys, so we might have a little bit more worship. I'm not sure. Playing quietly. Stay in rest. Depends how Liam's fingers are going. Um, but if you could take your conversations outside, uh, that would be great. Um, if anyone has any questions or uh, they want us to pray, then please come to the front. And um, Susie, I, someone, um, will we'll happily chat, pray for you. Uh, but the main conversations could go outside. Thank you very much.